Welcome to Slowpreneur, a podcast about building a business without the busy. I'm your host, Stephanie Pellet, and I'm a coach for thoughtful, values-based entrepreneurs just like you. On this show, we talk about creating a business with intention, heart, and sustainability in mind. Join me as I connect with my friends and clients and share my own reflections on why slow and steady entrepreneurship will always win the race. On today's episode, we're talking about the importance of rest for entrepreneurs and five ways that you can diversify the kind of rest you're getting. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Slowpreneur. Thank you so much for being here, for coming back, tuning in again. We are, as always, talking about how we can grow more intentional and sustainable businesses. If you are new to the Slowpreneur concept, I want you to go back to episode one of this season where I was talking through what I consider to be my definition of slowpreneurship and giving you some ideas and strategies for how you can start to build this kind of business for yourself. But one of the most important factors I talk about in that video is self-care. And I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into that concept today by discussing rest, the importance of rest, what rest really is, and also giving you a little bit more diversity in how you can think about what rest looks like for you and for your business. I think we have this perception that the only way to rest is to lie on a beach somewhere with our heads on a stripy towel under an umbrella and drink a pina colada and look at the waves. And that is definitely a preferred kind of rest, including for yours truly, but it is not the only kind of rest that we have available to us. We have so many ways to rest and so many strategies (laughs) for rest that can really support us. And I wanna start off by saying that rest is not in order. To be productive, right? We are not resting so that we can be productive. Rest is important in and of itself as its own thing. Outside of our work, outside of our businesses, it is really important to rest and recharge no matter what, no matter what industry you're in, no matter what you're trying to accomplish. Rest is a non-negotiable, actually. I, I think it's really important to just look to nature And that quote that we've all heard, nothing in nature blooms all year. It is so important to remember that because a lot of the ideas we have in business are of constant growth, constant productivity, always outdoing yourself, always growing, 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 building, building, building. But if we look at nature, that's not something that exists. There is no such thing as a plant or an animal that constantly (laughs) grows without a need for rest. Rest is such an important part of the process for every living thing. They've done studies to show that if you're studying for an exam and you pull an all-nighter, you just keep studying all night versus if you study, 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 then take a break to nap, to sleep. That is what is actually going to help you to consolidate that memory. And students do better when they take that rest than when they just continue studying. And I think that this is a counterintuitive thing in our culture. It's not something that we hold up as an example of what we want to work towards. It's not something that we think of as heroic (laughs) to stop and take a break and rest and allow ourselves to process what we have just learned, what we have just gone through, but it is really important. It's actually how our brains 
work. If we are constantly filling them full of new information and never giving them a chance to integrate that information, we are actually going to have a lot less access to that information and to our creativity, putting new ideas together. Rest is so important for any of the good things that we want to create in our businesses or in our lives. So it's important to say that rest is not to be productive. It's not to be creative. We don't do these things. We don't do these kinds of rest as a means to an end. I think rest is and should be enjoyable in and of itself. However, if your goal is to have more creativity, if your goal is to have more productivity, I think it's so important to prioritize rest in your life. And that can look a lot of different ways. I love this one concept that I got from Caroline Zook. I'm not able to find the podcast episode where I first heard it, but she talks about this idea that the way she knows if she's had enough rest, the way she knows if her vacation was long enough is when she's feeling excited to get back to work. And I think that that's such a great barometer for us because sometimes when we're really burned out and we have the weekend, that's not long enough <laughs> to feel rested, right? We don't actually feel recharged. We don't feel excited to go back to work. But I had a recent experience where I went away for a trip and it was a working trip. I'm actually gonna talk about that in a little bit. But by the end of it, I was actually really, really looking forward to getting back to my daily work. I was excited to open up my laptop and go on Slack even while I was still on my trip. And that to me was such a great example of this concept that Caroline is talking about, that our bodies and our minds and our motivation will give us the signals of how we're feeling. It will show us whether we've had enough rest just by how we feel when it comes to our work and our tasks. I remember reading Anne Helen Peterson's article on burnout among millennials when it first came out several years ago now. And I loved that she named a hallmark of the condition of burnout to be the inability to motivate yourself to do these little tasks of life, you know, going to the dentist or getting your oil changed or returning that thing to the post office. And that that actually is a clue. It's a signal for you. Not that you're lazy, but that you really haven't had enough rest. You're burned out in one of several ways. And she talks about it a lot more eloquently in her article. I will link it in the show notes, but I just loved that idea that there is this canary in a coal mine of you being too stressed out, you not having enough rest. And it is this inability to do these tasks. When I worked for the Merit Center, which talks a lot about self-regulation, we also had this idea and this concept when it came to stress behaviors. So noticing what behaviors in yourself only come out when you are too stressed out. And one of the examples would be like craving certain snacks. For me, it's anything that's like super, super crunchy. And I'm not just talking about chips. I'm talking about like those really hard croutons. I have a favorite brand, <laughs> President's Choice, what up? Uh, that is a signal for me. If I'm craving that like chomp feeling, that's probably a sign that I'm a little bit stressed out. So when I'm talking about rest, I'm also talking about this feeling of needing a break, but also needing to decompress from stress or from pain or from you know discomfort or sadness, emotions, all of those things can work together to put us in a state that is a lot like burnout. It is a lot like 
potentially depression or anxiety, these things that are very common in our culture these days. And I think a lot of that has to do with us not being able to take care of ourselves the way we really need to and not having enough rest. So I'm not an expert in rest. This is definitely a growth edge for me. And I think you should take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt to see whether it fits for your life. But I will say that I think all of us could use more rest. And I mean true rest. Again, not just sitting on the couch, lounging around. That might not actually be restful for you. What I'm talking about is finding the kinds of rest that actually recharge you, that actually give you the energy and the motivation to show up for your life in whatever ways that you are wanting to show up, whether that is with your hobbies, your friends, your work, yourself. <laughs> I want you to feel like your best self. And I think one key of getting there is rest. So let's talk about these five different kinds of rest that I have thought of. This is not an exhaustive list. I wanna hear your kinds of rest. I wanna hear what helps you to decompress from the hard things of life and recharge. But these are a few that I have come up with that I wanted to share with you. So without further ado, let's get into them. Okay, our first kind of rest is rest from work. And this is what we typically think of when we think of rest, right? This is our vacations, our personal days, our weekends, our evenings. It's the kind of rest that comes to mind when we think about taking time off, right? It's just taking a break from our work. So it might seem obvious to put it on this list, but I'm including it here at the beginning because I want you to really be honest with yourself about how much rest from work you're actually giving yourself. My guess is that the answer is probably not enough and that you could be doing more. And this goes for people who have full-time jobs, it goes for people who have part-time jobs and side hustles, and it goes for full-time entrepreneurs. Most of us are not actually giving ourselves true rest from work. What does that mean? That means that in the evenings when we are technically off of work, we're still on Instagram, we're still looking at our peers in the industry and comparing ourselves to them, or we're still answering DMs from potential clients and customers, or we're still checking our email when it's 8.30 p.m., or we're still answering email when it is, God forbid, 8.30 p.m. It might also mean that on the weekends, we are sneaking in things here and there if weekends are a boundary for us that we don't want to work. Of course, none of this is prescriptive, right? If you enjoy working on the weekends, that's totally fine, as long as you're also giving yourself a few days off that are alternative days, right? The point is, are you actually giving yourself as much rest as you think that you're giving yourself? On paper, we all agree, yes, you should take your vacation days, yes, you should have your evenings off, yes, you should have boundaries from your clients and customers, but how much are we really doing it. So I don't know that answer. You only know that answer, but be honest with yourself. Break from work. Have separation from your work on a regular basis. And if you feel like you're doing this really well on a day-to-day -day basis, I want to encourage you to try to do it on a more macro level in your business as well. Meaning, are you scheduling in breaks from work throughout your year that are true disconnection points from your business and your work? Depending on what stage of your business you're at, it might not be possible for this to be two weeks at a stretch, right? It might have to be a weekend or you know a long weekend or a couple days. That's okay. Fit it to what feels right for you. But my point is make sure that you're actually building those things in. And if you can work towards having 
full weeks where you're disconnected from your work, I think that is great. Setting things up to help you in your absence to feel like your business is still running, whether that is an email autoresponder or a person that you're hiring to answer emails for you or a course that you're giving to your clients to work through in your absence. There are so many strategies to help you to disengage from work, but the key is that we have to decide that we need rest from work and we have to actually implement it. So I'm not gonna spend more time on that. That is a pretty obvious one. Rest from work is important, but how much are you actually doing it? Challenge yourself to fit in just a little bit more. This episode of Slowpreneur is sponsored by The Profoundry, a coaching and community program for thoughtful entrepreneurs run by yours truly. If you've been looking for a supportive group of business besties who share your values and really get it, this could be the perfect membership for you because these people are truly amazing. Every month in the program, we have a bunch of different calls. For example, productivity parties to get our work done together, workshops on things like project planning, balance and boundaries, or goal setting. And we often do creative think tanks that offer custom group coaching for members for whatever they might be struggling with. We also have a really supportive Slack community with weekly check-ins. We have a resource library full of recordings and interesting workshops and a business book club so that you can learn about business from interesting and diverse authors. If this sounds like your cup of tea, I'd love for you to come check it out. You can learn more and get your first productivity party pass for free by going to stephaniepellet.com slash profoundary. I would love to see you there. Number two kind of rest is rest for your senses. So this is one that I struggle with. I will be honest. <laughs> I love input. I love information. I love research. I love learning. I love seeing cool things, beauty, etc. I am somebody who is constantly bombarding my senses. So this is a real challenge for me to prioritize. And yet I know that it actually makes a really huge difference in how rested we feel. Rest for your senses has a lot to do with your level of regulation, how your nervous system feels, what state your body and your mind are in. And so giving yourself rest for your senses is really important. I was inspired recently on this by a post from Ashley Bowden, who you have heard on the podcast, which is so fun. And she was talking about a lot of different ways that we can create sensory rest for ourselves as entrepreneurs, why it is so important. So I will link to that post in the show notes, but I wanted to share just two of the strategies she mentions if they might be helpful for you, but please go check out her original post over at Gentle Business Coach on Instagram. So one of the strategies she mentions that I absolutely love, and she also talked about this in her interview, was spending time in nature. And of course, in nature, we are having input to our senses, it's true, but it's a very different kind of input. It's a gentler form of input. It's not high speed and fast paced and bright and like lights and things flashing and videos. It's not the kind of sensory input we typically get when we're spending time on our computers. It's gentler, it's softer, it's quieter. And so spending time with nature, I think, is such a great strategy, as long as we're not also stuffing our ears full of podcasts on 2x speed, guilty, as long as we're not also scrolling Instagram on our phone, if we are truly sitting in nature and just feeling the sensations of what is around us, that is a form of break. 
for our senses and one that I personally love to experience. Another one that she talks about is finding practices for your body that don't involve input into your senses like sight and sound. So something like taking a bath and just being in the bath, not actually listening to a show or watching something or talking to someone or reading even, just really taking a break and letting yourself experience what it is that you're experiencing. And this concept from Ashley also really reminded me of this great concept that I heard about years ago from Jocelyn K. Gly on the Hurry Slowly podcast. She talked about her desire and her practice of taking no inputs retreats, which was at the time such a amazing and challenging concept for me, this idea that you could go off by yourself and rather than do all the things that I love, like read a book and watch shows and movies and that being a form of rest for yourself, really going into somewhere quiet and not adding music, not adding movies, not adding books, not adding any reading materials or outside information. And that for her, this was a way not only to deeply rest her nervous system, but also to have access to her own ideas and her own creativity, right? These things can go hand in hand. If the world around us is so noisy all the time, we're not actually getting that break and that pause to connect the ideas we're experiencing to really make meaning of our lives and the things we're learning. And so that idea of a no inputs retreat or Ashley's idea of just building more sensory rest into our lives in general, I think is something that we should all be thinking about, myself included, as a way to more deeply feel rested. So the next time you catch yourself on the couch watching a show, but also scrolling on Instagram, just think about how that practice would be so unimaginable to our ancestors and is really so much stimulation for our bodies and our minds, even if it doesn't feel like it. So if you can challenge yourself to be doing one thing at a time to reduce the amount of sensory inputs, if you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed out, or just feel like you need a little bit more rest, this is another area to look at. The third kind of rest that I want to talk about is rest as a change. So there's a famous saying that goes, a change is as good as a rest. And I don't think I agree with that 100% because sometimes we really just need to rest. <laughs> but I think I know what they're getting at, which is that not all work is created equal. Not all work is equally challenging. Not all work or all tasks that we have in our lives are as strenuous for us. Some of them feel easy, some of them feel tedious, some of them feel really, really hard. And so sometimes what we need is actually not to take a break and do nothing, which is I think how we often think about rest. Sometimes we just need a different kind of work to change things up a bit and make us feel a little bit more rested from our everyday. So I'll give you a very concrete example. I'm a coach. I spend a lot of my time talking to clients about their businesses, and that is a very specific kind of work, right? It involves me thinking and problem solving. It involves me thinking about systems and planning things and strategizing. All of those kinds of work are things I find very valuable, but they're also hard, right? <laughs> and sometimes I need a rest from doing that kind of work. And recently I had the opportunity, I was lucky enough to go with my partner, Mike, to Kenya to shoot a wedding. And it was a really 
really cool experience for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons that I found it so cool and inspiring was that I actually found it very restful. And I don't mean it was restful on a physical level because we were working really hard and we were in you know, a hot climate and there was a lot of shoot days and it's a lot of work to carry around heavy camera equipment all the time. So physically, it was not necessarily the most restful experience, but mentally, I felt so rested. That was the example I gave earlier about how I was excited to get back to my work because I had had a true break from the kinds of tasks and thinking that my brain typically does. So all of those things I mentioned earlier about strategizing and planning and thinking about business, I had a break for two whole weeks of not thinking about that at all. Instead, I was using completely different parts of my brain, right? I was using visual parts. I was using creative parts, how to frame a shot. I was using social parts, how to connect with people to get more of a cool response out of them so I could capture that on film. I was using my body more. I was moving around in space. I was in interesting visual locations, right? Kenya is a gorgeous country. And a lot of the venues where we were having these wedding events were stunning on a lot of levels. So that was a completely different part of my brain than I typically get to access on a day-to-day -day basis. Typically, I'm in the strategy mode, and in this project, I was very much in more of a creative and physical mode. So having a change in that way was actually one of the more restful things I could have done. Because I think if I had just been at home for those two weeks and just sat on the couch and maybe read a bunch of books, I'm sure I would have felt rested by the end of it, but I also know that the kind of rest that my brain needs is to be preoccupied by something else. If I had just been sitting on the couch reading books, I think I still would have been thinking about work. I still would have been trying to plan my next steps. I still would have been worrying about what projects I should work on. Instead, by having a change instead of a break, I was able to fully preoccupy my mind with something more creative and different that I didn't think about work for those two weeks and I was able to come back to it very refreshed. So if you're currently feeling a bit stuck in your business, uninspired or maybe overstimulated and trying to really think your way out of the problems that you're having, I wonder if you could introduce a form of change into your work or in your life, doing things a little bit differently, trying something new, doing a different kind of work than you typically do in your everyday life and seeing what that can unlock for you when you do fully rest those parts of your brain that you're using on an everyday basis. So that actually brings me to number four, which is very related to number three, and that is this idea of rest as activity. So similar to rest as change, it means that instead of taking a complete break from anything, we're actually going to do just a different kind of activity. These two are very similar. But what I mean specifically in this case is that maybe these are tasks that don't involve using your brain almost at all. <laughs> so whereas in the previous example, number three, we could do a change to a different kind of work, right? So instead of doing all that planning and strategy, we could do creative and visual things. But in this case, we are doing something that doesn't involve our brain whatsoever. We are doing something with our bodies that maybe takes us out of our heads for a break, for a change. So not just changing what we're thinking about, but really taking a break from thinking whatsoever. <laughs> so I'm talking about things that get you into that flow state, right? So this is a concept from Csikszentmihalyi, which means that you're fully involved in an activity. It has just enough challenge 
to keep you engaged, but it also is easy enough that you can slip into almost an automatic uh, groove with it. So it really takes you into that state of flow. This is a very, very restful state for our brains and our bodies. And so we're talking about things that have some element of repetition to them, some element of familiarity to them. So for you, this might be gardening. Maybe gardening is challenging enough that it gets you out of your head. It could be something like physical fitness, like an activity such as a dance class with a slightly challenging choreography or Zumba, right? Which keeps you on your toes or really just working out in a way that involves your mind more than just running on a treadmill. You actually have to think about what you're doing and plan so you don't have time to worry and think and stress, right? There's so many different activities that could fit into this category. And I'm sure you have some that feel like flow to you, maybe knitting or cross stitch, maybe, you know, cooking a slightly challenging recipe. Anything that's really taking you out of your head is the kind of thing that would fit into this category. So again, just troubleshooting that idea that rest has to look completely stationary and boring in order to be true rest. I actually think that sometimes I feel more rested after doing an activity that took me out of my head than I would if I sat on the couch and did something that still involves my brain. Sometimes I need a break <laughs> from my brain. Who can relate to that, right? So if you can think of activities that put you into that flow state, maybe make a list of them so you have them handy the next time that you feel like you need a bit of a break from yourself. And then we can start to implement these or slot them into our schedules in a way that gives us a real true break from being in our heads all the time. This is not an ad, it's a pause. I've decided to build an intentional break into every episode of Slowpreneur because I know I'm throwing a lot of ideas and hopefully inspiration your way. And I wanted to give you a moment to integrate it, to not have to pay attention, to not have to absorb anymore, to just marinate on what we've talked about so far and take a breath before we continue. get back to the show. And the last kind of rest that I want to talk about today is rest from responsiveness. So I forget where I was hearing this recently, but they were talking about this concept of being on call and how common it is these days to feel like we need to be on call in all kinds of different professions. Whereas when we were growing up, the only people who were generally on call were doctors or some kind of emergency services, right? It wasn't really that common for everyday people, knowledge workers or people working in any, any old job to have to be on call. I think what this introduces is a level of vigilance that is so exhausting. I think needing to be responsive or needing to prepare to be responsive is an extremely exhausting state. And so if you feel currently in your life or your business that you have that level of constant readiness to respond, I think that that is doing a lot of damage to your nervous system. And I think it is preventing you from ever feeling truly rested. So if you can give yourself boundaries around how often you need to be responsive, I think it's going to do you a world of good. And I have seen this in my own life. So in the Profoundary, we have a Slack channel. I love it. Absolutely love it. 
all of the members communicate there and share their wins and share their to-do lists of the week. It's a really wonderful place to be. However, the thing is that if I'm not careful, I will be checking it constantly throughout the day, <laughs> all day. I just wanna know what people are saying. And so I have to really work with myself to set time blocks where I'm going to go and check it and times when I'm not. And I also do this on a larger scale where every season, once a season, I take one week completely off from checking the Slack. So that means that people are well aware that I will not be there, I will not be responding to things, I will check on them the week later. I always respond to posts, but I'm gonna give myself a break from feeling like I need to check it. And this sounds like such a small thing. It sounds so small, like why do I even need to do it? Sometimes I question that for myself. Do I even need to do this? Maybe I should just check less and then that will feel the same. But it's actually not the same because the feeling of not needing to be on call for anyone during that week is a real, real bomb for my nervous system, B-A-L-M. <laughs> it is really, really helpful for me to be able to wake up each day and know that I am not answering to anyone. I don't need to answer to anyone. This also goes on a smaller scale in terms of setting up boundaries or limits with yourself of how quickly you might respond to an email. So I talk about this in my Inbox Zero program. I think it's so important to be proactively deciding how quickly you feel the need to respond to something because there is an expectation of an immediate response. We feel that in ourselves, we give ourselves this pressure to respond really quickly, but it's not always needed. It's not always expected. And if we give ourselves instead the framework that you will respond to something, let's say within two to three business days, suddenly you don't have that pressure on you where you feel like constantly having to be checking if you got an email so that you can respond right away. Instead, you get to take a step back. <laughs> you get to take a breath. You get to really disengage from your inbox in a different way, and that will help you to feel more rested. So again, if there are places in your business right now where you feel a level of vigilance, I would really look at that, and I would try to find ways to reduce the vigilance by all means necessary, because that will be something. I think that even if you implemented everything else on this list, I think you would still not feel rested, and that's obviously a problem. Now, speaking of not feeling fully rested, the last thing I wanna say on this, and I think it's such an important point, is that we really have to work on our mindset when it comes to rest. And I'm gonna borrow here from Casey Davis, who is an author and teacher that I really like. She has a TikTok called Domestic Blisters and a book called How to Keep House While Drowning, which I really enjoyed. And she has this concept that if you are resting and feeling guilty about it, you are not actually resting. You will not experience that break as a true rest. Because of course, if you're feeling guilty, your mental energy is being put towards that guilt rather than being put towards the integration, the processing, the peacefulness that we're really going for when we take a break. So it's so important, if you still have any kind of lingering feelings of guilt or shame or fear when it comes to rest, we have to work on those. And you can journal about it, you can talk to your therapist about it, you can talk to your friends about it because I'm sure they'll have some like, you know, good <laughs> advice to cut through the BS and really give it to you the way that you need to be told it. But I think it's so important that you don't beat yourself up for resting or needing to rest. 
And I really encourage you to build this into your process that you can feel okay about rest. You can feel happy about rest. Rest can actually be something you're really proud of yourself for doing rather than something you feel shame for doing. So again, remember, if you're resting while feeling guilty, you're not actually resting. And so it's really important to cut that shit out. <laughs> cut that shit out because you will not actually experience it as rest. And all of that time that you're spending trying to do a good thing for yourself will not actually work. So that's my last very important caveat on rest. And I hope that you take it to heart because it's really so important. So that's it for today. Those are the five kinds of rest that come to mind for me when I'm thinking about diversifying the ways that we can rest. Again, not just sitting on the beach with a pina colada, although sign me up, but also ways that we can really build rest into our everyday life and business. If you have ideas for this, please do not hesitate to tell me where did I forget about a form of rest? Where can we rest in another way? I want to know. Let's continue the conversation. You know I love to hear from you. So please send me an email, leave me a comment. Would love, love, love to hear from you. And in the meantime, I'm gonna leave it here for today, but thank you so much for listening and being part of the Slowprinter community. I am so appreciative that you're here and I will catch you in the next one. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Slowprinter. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend or reach out and let me know at hello at stephaniepellet.com. I would love to hear from you. As always, you can find show notes for this and all episodes at stephaniepellet.com slash slowpreneur. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon.